G'day there, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm super pumped to uh, have my story interview today than uh, none other with uh, Robert O'Crook. Now, Robert, I found him um, through a Facebook group and I know he had a really, really big Facebook group, about 12,000 members. He runs something called Digital Nomads Forum and wow, I couldn't think of a better time to air this right now. Um, maybe you can't be quite a, a nomad, um, but you can still have, you know, remote work and, um, try and find digital work. So I would highly go recommend you go check out Robert, but, um, today's really not necessarily trying to promote him or his business per se. It's really talk about the story of how he went from a corporate job and that feeling of drudgery and how he sort of transformed through finding his own digital nomad sort of journey, um, going through what the growth period of what it was like to, you know, work for yourself. And I don't think this could have come at a better time um, than right now. So I hope you're really going to enjoy my story interview with Robert. Um, Again, like with all these, if you're looking to write your own promotions or your own copy or your own ads or anything like that, this is the, this is the sort of interview you want to be listening to because like I keep saying this, a story is not a series of events. Um, it's, it is a series of events that you've tied in together the feelings and emotions of pretty much the stages of growth. Um, you're going to hear that I really highlight like what was it really like to walk into work and you didn't feel like it. Um, it goes beyond that. Um, and because those are the types of emotions and feelings that you want to try and connect with people, especially right now. Um, and if you can talk to customers in this sort of story format, um, definitely, definitely do that. And if you're interested in doing that sort of story style interview, go back to episode 11 and episode 12. But otherwise, I'm going to get started today with my guest today, Robert O'Crook. So, yeah, Rob, can you take me back to that, you know, that first moment where you're in that crappy income job, you weren't really passionate about what was going on. Um, what did that look like for you? Where was it? So I was working for a digital marketing firm in Canada, in London, Ontario. It's kind of like a small city. And how I see it is it's a place where people just end up. No one chooses to live there. You just, somehow you're there. And I was actually making uh, decent, like okay money, but I was more so feeling it on the other side of things. So I wasn't feeling fulfilled. When I started the job, because it was new, it was exciting and challenging. Uh, A lot of people I think can relate to that. New is usually exciting. But over time, what I realize now is that in my heart, I was becoming unhappy. I knew there was like uh, more to life. I couldn't believe that you would just go to a job like this for 20 plus years. And this was, this was it, you know, like I always, I guess I knew right away, like this is not what I want to keep doing Mm -hmm. for the uh, rest of my life. And so I started to kind of dread going to work and dread is like the worst sensation ever, I think. So that was kind of when I started thinking about like, what, what can I do to, you know, not unhappy, but I know I could be a lot happier. So what, uh, what can I do to actually explore that? Yeah. Okay, great. And just a little side note along this interview as well. Um, I, I might break like a cardinal sin, which is interrupting you. And the only reason why I'll do that is to like maybe paint a bit more 
detail or like, tell me why you were feeling, but, um, when you were feeling like this isn't in your heart um, and you said you were feeling dread, like what was it about the work that just made you feel like this isn't for me? Like, I, I don't want to do this. I think it was that I felt it was kind of meaningless. It was, uh, it was about basically who's just willing to pay us to do it. So I was doing digital marketing work. So helping mm-hmm. people sell products and services online and, there was just like no connection with like, why am I working with this person, this client, this business to help them sell their product or service? And the answer was simple is because they're paying us. And that's a pretty terrible answer in my opinion, because you know, you're going to spend a huge chunk of your life. Uh, you know, it's just usually most people working to support yourself. And if you just take kind of the highest bidder, whoever is going to pay you, well, you know, that's only one half of the equation. I think of feeling fulfilled from the work you do. Yes. You put food on the table. You can support your family. You can uh, sleep somewhere comfortably. Those are all important, but equally important is actually feeling fulfilled through the work you do. So doing things that uh, you feel are worth doing. This is something you could look back on in 40 years and be like, damn, thank you. I'm proud that I spent my time doing that instead of just taking the first or highest bidder, you know? Yep. Yep. And, um, like you were saying, um, it, it's not necessarily about the highest bidder and you want to look back and see, be like somewhat proud about some of your achievement. So would that mean that you were really looking for sort of like a human connection inside of your work and that work you were doing at the time was lacking? It, it wasn't lacking the human connection. It was lacking the heart connection. And what I mean by that is, although there was some pretty awesome uh, coworkers that I had and clients that I legitimately like appreciated on a human to human level, yep. what was missing was that even though we are all fundamentally good people, which is something I personally believe, uh, we weren't really doing things that we actually cared about. Just like I've said, London, Ontario is a place where people just end up. It was working with a whole bunch of businesses that just popped up. It wasn't these, you know, maybe at one time they were somebody's passions and dream, but then they morphed into just becoming this uh, basically machine, a business machine that's just earning a profit and not really caring about how it's done. So that's what I would say. Okay. Now, so now you're working at this job, you're, you're feeling like your heart's not really in it and you're just, you know, you're there just to make them cash in the process. Um, at what point did you sort of feel like, uh, something needs to change in my life right now? (laughs) So I still don't remember how the seed, the idea got planted in my mind, but it was the seed of digital nomadism of this idea of remote work of backpacking. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow it kind of got into my awareness and I basically just latched onto it. I, mm-hmm. I think deep down I was really yeah, craving this rich life that was filled with adventure and passion. That's what was missing in my life was passion. There was no passion. It was just, uh, you know, the grind. It wasn't that bad of a grind by no means, but it was a grind. And seeing that there were these people living in these exciting places uh, and, you know, really including adventure and passion into their lives, 
kind of just totally took hold of uh, my my thoughts. And so I'd be constantly thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And I must have thought on it for uh, at least a few months before getting to this point where I was like, I really dread every day I'm going to work now. Uh, it's just painful to sit in my office desk and do my job for eight or nine hours, whatever it is. I need to do something. And it brought me to a point where I was like, I need to quit and book my one-way flight ticket to Thailand. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're really looking for that life of passion and adventure, like you're saying, weren't really sure how, but these messages were just coming in your head. And like on the inside, you just, you just couldn't stand going to work. That drudgery feeling felt like it was just weighing you down in a sense. Is that correct? Yeah, it just it kept building and building until it's just so intense that it, it's it's like the fuel for the action, the fuel for the pivot moment because it's just no longer this dull thought or dull sense of um, you know not feeling at peace with what you're doing. It becomes strong enough where you're like, I need to move. I need to do something. It's like the closer you put your hand to the fire, uh, my hand was burning at that point <laughs> yeah the hand was burning you felt the calling you went on that plane um what was the plan when you where did you let where'd you go by the way uh i left from toronto canada and i landed in bangkok thailand oh okay nice and did you have much of a plan or you just kind of rocked up and just went from there i didn't have a plan when i quit the job how to earn income so i quickly kind of just started doing the same stuff I was doing at the job freelancing. I wasn't making great money, but I was making some money and it was remote and that was cool. It was only from the people I had known growing up with in London, Ontario, other businesses that I could basically get some digital marketing work from. So that was mm -hmm. kind of funding things a little bit, but outside of booking that flight ticket, I had really purposely, left it completely open after that. There were no more flights booked. There was no uh, plan. There was just yep. the first night in the hostel and the flight booked. And then it just freaking wow. It's been over yep. three years now and how everything uh, evolved has just been crazy. All right. So I'll just paint the picture back for you a little bit. So, you know, you just quit your job. You got yeah. off the plane. First step. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was that feeling like? Uh, definitely like like curiosity and bewilderment because for me, I had not really done any traveling uh, before that outside of going with my parents on a few, uh, you know, traditional North American style vacations where you stay in a resort and there's no like exposure really or minimal exposure to different culture. So Bangkok is a massive, overwhelming, intense city relatively compared to anywhere I'd been in Canada and you know the buildings are different the language is different the people are different uh so it's very like sensory it was like definitely whoa <laughs> yeah so a lot of curiosity what's going on big culture shock a lot of senses going on and you said you're mentioning that you know you just started going on with your doing some digital marketing freelancing um but it sounded like you know like 
that wasn't the way because you're still going in the same direction as your previous job back in Canada. So um, can you t- was there like a light bulb moment when you realized that, hey, there's something else that I can actually do or someone you met? Yeah, there was basically two kind of keys, I guess. So the first key was a few months into the travel, I had made my way to Bali, Indonesia. And at this point, the client work I had from at home had started to dry up. And I had a you know big 12-hour time difference. I couldn't even really get a hold of people I actually knew from back home. I wasn't actually getting really any more work. So I had to pivot. It was either you know go back home uh, and literally probably I would stay with my parents or figure out how to be more consistent with my remote earning so that I could continue my travels. And I was having a blast. So that was absolutely the path I wanted to go down. Uh, so I was... or Bali is a really nice digital nomad hub. Lots of other people there doing it, many of them doing it successfully. So lots of ideas and ways for you to try and figure it out on your own. I got drawn towards remote work platforms, specifically Upwork, uh, had a lot of success with it, and then basically pivoted into doing now that digital marketing work. But on Upwork, so it was fully remote, I was getting clients from anywhere in the world, the income became very good uh, when I made that transition, mm-hmm. but I was still just going with the top bidder. I was just earning, I was just getting paid by who would pay me. And that, you know, all that excitement of being new to being a freelancer, new to using remote work platform, new to yep. traveling, that still kind of kept the, kept my heart at bay, you could say, because I was still, Uh, excited by all those things but eventually all those things started to fade and my travels led me to a yoga teacher training in India and it was during that training that I had just massive uh, pivotal changes in my life I went through uh, I hate to say it it feels cliche but like a spiritual awakening I started Mm -hmm. to actually care about myself love myself develop real confidence fell in love with an amazing woman, my current girlfriend, Haley. And outside of all that happening, I started to really think about like, holy fuck, I am so not content with just helping random people sell shit. Like I don't want to just promote consumerism and the sales of just anything to earn someone a buck. And Mm -hmm. so I really started to think on, well, how can I, you know, what do I want to do? And I didn't know what I wanted. So I left that training uh, and I, I fired, politely fired all of my like for-profit clients at the time. Had a little bit of savings so I could go for some time uh, without working but eventually came back to, oh crap, the earnings, the income is gone. I need to make money so I can keep traveling. And so then what I finally figured out was, not even finally, this is still not the last step I've made it to so far, but yeah. what I figured out was how to then earn awesome digital marketing remote work but only working with meaningful clients so i focused a lot on working with charities and nonprofits or for-profit businesses with positive impact and that was a pretty big step that again felt much more aligned then with my heart and kind of made me feel a lot more um i guess that the work i was doing was meaningful and that i I was proud of what I was working on. It was, it was fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I love that. So you went from India having this experience and then realized that some things need to change. Before we move on with the story, every good story has some really good details. And I'm sure um, that Indian experience, like where was it in like in the jungle, in the mountains or like what kind of environment was it in? It was in the foothills of the Himalayan mountains in a city called Rishikesh next to the Ganges River. So mm-hmm. absolutely stunning, geographically stunning area. Uh, super amazing. I don't know if this falls into what you want to hear about, but one of the most memorable, still the most memorable adventure to my life was one of the days uh, in Rishikesh when I was falling in love with Haley, going on a motorbike adventure to a waterfall and then driving along these perilous uh, mountainous edges in the Himalayan foothills on this motorcycle uh, exploring until the sunset. Like, wow. Chills. Just sharing it again. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. And holy crap. What was that like? Um, (laughs) Any new misses coming off the cliffs? (laughs) It wasn't as perilous, I suppose, as the word perilous, but (laughs) I've always I guess been a two wheeled enthusiast and really started uh, exploring that in, yeah. uh, in Southeast Asia and India driving scooters and motorcycles. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there was some, fun. you know, <laughs> close calls every now and then, but uh, no, I've been, no, I've been fortunate never to have any major incidents on them. Two wheeled mm-hmm. vehicles. Now, can you um, describe to me some feelings like after you walked, walked out of Rishikesh uh, from that, um, that experience and you, you had this sort of awakening, like, what am I doing? Can you describe to me, say, like in a few words, what that felt like? In just a few words, I felt like blasted open because I, I know that. So that's the few words, blasted open. But <laughs> yeah. um, I came from... Canada and a very scientific background. And if there wasn't a study, you know, I wasn't really necessarily a believer. And all of a sudden I had had some profound experiences that I literally thought were completely impossible up to that point. And that made me start to realize, well, you know, anything that I feel that I'm so certain about, well, your whole idea of what certainty is just got shattered by the experience you had. And so I was really starting to become more open-minded and just uh yeah i guess curious about myself i would say Mm -hmm. and what what sort of triggered that sort of feeling was like a meditation was it a um some like something that happened along that way that really caused that shift what was that uh so one day i was uh hanging out with haley Mm-hmm. And we were just talking and all of a sudden it kind of happened in two stages where I was just totally sober, totally normal. And so was she and we were just talking and then it felt like I had, I, it's hard, it's words don't really do it adequate justice, but it felt like I had like, I don't even know, transported into another dimension and that we had started communicating without even speaking. And it was just like, this intense experience where that was all going on. And then it felt like Haley was like willing my soul to kind of release from my ego, like seriously, some crazy sounding shit. And absolutely it was, I had no idea what the hell was going on. 
And but it left me open. My heart became open for the first time in my life after this experience. And I, I guess a few days after as well, I needed to integrate it. It was very intense. Um, but yeah, that's sounds like a really good, like, yeah, like a very powerful <laughs> transformation, like this epiphany you've just had. And, um, now, now, now let's go back to like, so that was really good how we got those details out. Um, now let's sort of like fast forward a little bit, how we're going to, um, you, you just come, you, have you come back from India? Where'd you go after that? After India, um, I spent a little bit more. T- so I, this is a, I don't know, cool side story, but I, when I was working in Canada at that digital marketing firm, I worked with a, uh, Indian man named Annie Rood, and we worked together on the phone across the world for actually, you know, over a year together. And so, uh, when I realized I was going to India, I reached out to Annie Rood and he took, he traveled by plane the farthest he'd ever been away from his home to come meet me a relative stranger that he'd only worked with on the phone before he came and met me in Rishikesh and we spent a couple weeks uh, exploring India together before I went to then Thailand to meet back up with Haley who had already Mm -hmm. had plans to go there uh, before she even met me uh, at the training yep perfect that sounds like um, really good experience like pretty surreal that to be on the phone with someone and then just to you know go travel them that would have been pretty cool it was, and I uh, am still grateful for the interesting adventure that me and Andy Rude went on for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. So you've come back. You're at Thailand. You you know you you felt like you can complete meaningful work by helping uh, either nonprofits, charities, or people with a, a meaningful purpose. Um, what was what was the plan? The few next few steps going forward from there. Uh, well, at some point, so at the very beginning of all of this, I started the digital nomads forum, which was a website for digital nomads to talk to each other on. And that became a Facebook group. Eventually mm-hmm. the Facebook group eclipsed the website. And so the whole time I'd been running this, even when I hadn't really before it started before I even was really doing it. And it continued as I was learning along the way. And the number one thing people kept asking about was, or getting stuck with was the remote income. They're always getting stuck. Like, yeah, I want to be a freelancer, but how do I get clients? Yeah, I want a remote job, but how do I get one? That was where people were getting stuck. And that was what I had figured out at least for myself. So I, the people were always asking about that. I started sprinkling in like, Hey, this is what I did. Try this, check it out. And I started noticing, oh crap, like this is really working for other people besides me. And it led to like an organic progression of basically, I think one of the first things we did that was official was created this thing called the Mindful Nomads Retreat, which was mm-hmm. like a week long boot camp. In I guess, fast forward, I ended up in. Guatemala but I guess I was in Southeast Asia around Christmas when I was thinking about this I was like wow I have massively changed my life I went to India did this yoga teacher training uh, meditating and doing yoga and I have remote income and I'm earning good money like holy shit my life has like drastically improved what were those key steps that got me here and I realized they were actually not that hard to do they weren't so 
difficult to put together is just that it took me years on my own to kind of stumble into them and uh, do it by myself. And so the idea of the mindful nomads retreat was to put together a week long experience for people to explore how to earn meaningful remote work, how to be kind to themselves through mindfulness practices like yoga and meditation mm-hmm. and a plant-based diet. And it was a idea to bring this retreat of like, what were the things that helped me really change my life? Let's help some other people do the same. Uh, and then, so that was the first evolution of how things progressed. And then I built an online course and then I started doing one-on-one coaching, but it also followed the same vein of basically empowering people to earn their income through meaningful remote work. So that then my hope was that they could go on their own adventure in life. And I hope have such a uh, positive transformation that aligns them with, you know, not being focused on just earning money, but on, you know, helping helping other people just basically being becoming happy. It's an exploration of how to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really great. So it's really morphed into kind of something that you didn't even think of until something really good. You're really enjoying life. I have to ask though, was there any sort of conflict along the way? Not necessarily like fires you have to put out, but maybe conflict inside yourself, like, maybe imposter syndrome, that's a really common one, or just like, you know, you're growing a Facebook group, you're growing this platform, you got more um, stuff on your plate. Was there any sort of uh, internal conflict that you experienced? Yeah, I think that one of the way, when I started the Digital Nomads Forum, because of my background in digital marketing, I really knew how to leverage like paid advertising. And in the world of digital marketing, we, there's something called like black hat and white hat. So white hat's like using ethical, legal methods to grow businesses online with marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. Black hat's kind of like the opposite where you're doing shady things that are kind of maybe illegal or questionable. And the start of the digital nomads forum was off a pretty shitty black hat marketing strategy that worked, that helped to bring lots of people to the website. and build the group and my start and what, why I was doing that was at that time just to earn money. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to kind of stop first off, stop using the black hat stuff, marketing strategies, and then realize that is not what I want to do moving forward. And I, I feel like I feel guilt that, you know, now that the group, is reached over 10,000 people and I am experiencing some success uh, because of the size. Well, the start wasn't really a good one, but you know, you have to, I think as a human, like we all fuck up and we all do shitty things sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I acknowledge that what I did was shitty and I don't want to do it again. And you got to just choose, well, how do you carry on forward? So that's something that, definitely caused me uh, some conflict. Yep. Yep. Okay. This is really good. And so you got that initial traction going using that black hack tactic. Can you remember say like the room you're going for a walk, maybe you're listening to a song where you realize that dude, I, I should not be doing this or maybe is it just someone who told you? I think that throughout the entire process, because it was long, like over probably more than a year, Mm-hmm. There was just these, not constant, but 
infrequently, frequently enough kind of thoughts that pop into your head when you kind of, you know, you, you question yourself. You're like, you know, is that, because we all have a moral compass and we have our values. Some people's are, you could say, arguably better. Some people's are worse. It's all relative, but uh, we do have some sort of compass. And so when you're considering an action that's on the edge of your compass, well, then, you know, that's what our brain's doing. It's like popping in thoughts. It's like, hey, what are you doing, man? Like, that's not what you think. Or it's like, oh, no, you know, for the things where you're like, that is what you think. You don't even think about it. You just do it. And so, mm-hmm because this was at my edge or my comfort zone of morality, then there was these infrequent, but frequently enough thoughts of, you know, Hey, this is, you know, unethical or immoral and maybe you should stop or like, Hey, are you hurting anyone? Is this, you know, what is the impact of what you're doing? So those thoughts kind of, I guess, started out more slowly and maybe got more aggressive and loud in my, in my uh, mind towards the end when I stopped using uh, black hat strategy. Yeah. Okay, great. So what happened next was that I'm going to imagine you dropped that you're being a bit honest from there. Cause I've seen your Facebook group. You're in the uh, tens of thousands there. Um, I imagine that your projection of like how everything went, is that where everything really started to pick up? Yeah, I think black hat, I forget exactly where, but got us to like three to 6,000 members, which is like a pretty good critical mass. And at that point, the organic growth of the group, so organic growth just meaning like face, if someone looks up digital nomads groups on Facebook, we actually just pop up without doing anything. We started to grow organically. Um, but during all this, even though the members were coming, there was no community because I never really put any effort into uh, you know, cultivating conversation between people. I never put a lot of effort into giving people that much value. I wasn't moderating uh, other people's conversations that much. So it was just like basically a million other groups that we've all been in where it's just a wild west. There's not, the leader's not really leading and the community members are just doing whatever the hell they want. And, uh, you know, that, changed at some point when I, I think it was when I realized, Oh, I have something of real value that people are trying to desperately sometimes to figure out. And I did start to focus on the opposite of what I just described, actually helping people really making a place for a discussion instead of promotion and just cultivating like a freaking rock solid community. That's awesome. Yes. So you develop that community right back. So you're kind of like helping the person where you are maybe stuck in at the very beginning, you know, stuck in that job, feeling frustrated, dread, and then you're helping them transition into your life that you're experiencing right now, which is like clarity in what you're doing, directed, mindful. You've got freedom in your life. Does that sound right? Absolutely. And um, how did you feel like you transformed as a person from like the moment you decided I'm going to book that ticket to like who you are today? I think as a person, the change has been massive because I do feel like I have inklings of understanding of like, what is my purpose in life? Or at least what do I want to spend my time doing and I have actually been able to start exploring like how do I uh, 
be a happier person. I started to more deeply uh, care about myself and more importantly, or just as importantly, actually care about others and stop being as selfish. So outside of that, I feel like there's so much more passion in my life uh, compared to there was when I left. I am free to a relatively massive degree to explore what I choose to. And uh, I don't, I guess, blame, there's no blame for anyone else on how things are going in my life now. I feel fully responsible for like, this is my situation. And now uh, what, you know, what are my next, what do I, how do I want to spend my time? It's uh, in my, it's, I'm aware of like where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And last question I want to ask, what does it feel like now that you're helping tens of thousands of these people transition from where you were to where you are right now? You know, I think at the end of the day, I want to recap too that I'm a human and we've highlighted a lot of like the best parts of my adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, and those all were true, but just as much true were the challenging times and other uh, difficulties that we didn't get to talk about. And the same is true now. So while there's many people that I'm helping, yeah, every time, you know, especially when someone just thanks you, that's one of my favorite things when they authentically legitimately, you can tell how appreciative they are. They just say, Hey man, thank you. Like this is what was able to change in my life, uh, because of whatever you did. That's what I find the most rewarding is simply, I guess, like earnest acknowledgement. It could, it's not about public acknowledgement. It's usually a private message. It's a private conversation. It's just one person to another, like, thank you. That I think is what fulfills me at a very deep level. Um, and I forget the beginning of the question. So I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, yeah. I was just really kind of like recapping um, just it was like, how does it feel to like, to fulfill your purpose, teach everyone. And, um, you've pretty much like summed it up. Like just that feeling of when someone earnestly tells you, thank you. And they don't, it doesn't have to be like a testimony acknowledgement. It's the little things that really get to you. Um, Robert, mate, that that's, that's a wrap. That's a really, really <laughs> great story right there. Um, did you find anything that was like helpful? Maybe that we brought out feelings, connectedness. Um, was it also just like cut and dry? That's it. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like whenever I do these like interviews or podcasts and like similar conversations with people, mm -hmm. it's interesting to see like what you want to say and how you want to steer things. It's like, uh, you know, the ego is present. It's like, Hey, like, you know, he wants to polish these things and hide other things. And that always comes up for me to some degree. It's like, I find it super interesting. Like, what is it that I want to, like, you're saying like, who am I? And it's like, well, what comes out of your mouth? It's like, you can, I don't know. I just find it interesting to see what I say. So that's something. Um, that's the biggest one. You know, I, I have fondness, a lot of fondness of thinking about the times in India and, you know, I feel like at least recently I, I've been hard on myself in all kinds of ways and I often forget how much work and uh, progress I guess I've made in 
couple a couple of years it's pretty uh i think i'm just grateful for it yeah all right that's a wrap for the episode and i didn't quite have a little chance to have um robert to have his little pitch or his little um plug at the end so if you do want to actually if you're interested in you know maybe you're not a business owner but you're interested in doing freelance work for instance um and you want to learn how to get your first few clients for instance i highly go recommend you go check out his group digital nomads forum and i'll link the link i'll, I'll leave the link in the description below and um hope you're staying safe and healthy right now in the world i'm gonna see you monday for the next episode see you later thanks for tuning in for today at storytelling secrets